Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. This week's major spoilers podcast goes out to the following fine and faithful spoiler ads. Brian Fanuf, Joshua Matthew, MyTronks.com, beep boop, beep boop, Mark Harris, Melanie Nasalrod, Trey Taylor, I like that one, Michelle Rentner, Ross Manda, John Morales, Guillaume Berube, Richard Newton, and Richard Pulfer. Though my French accent is truly, truly sad, they and each and every one of them are not for this one goes out to the combined sort of, you know, group of thems. So that's cool. The Major Spoilers podcast covers news, reviews, and of course, spoilers, and goes into details about the topics discussed. So if you haven't read, listened, or watched the items we talk about, you might want to come back later. I'm Matthew. I'm Zach. I'm Rodrigo. And I'm Stephen, and you're listening to the Major Spoilers podcast, the podcast for pop culture and comic fans. In... This issue, we're going to cover this once and once only. And I want you to know that as a faithful spoilerite, it is your job to go out and tell the world, say it, just scream it from the hilltops, from the rooftops, tell everyone you know, wake the kids, phone the neighbors. It is Miller, M-I-L-L-A-R, Mark Miller, pronounced exactly the same as Frank Miller. It's not a name like Sinkevich or Nicieza that's really different. It's Mark Miller. And if you say Mark Miller, you sound like a pirate with a head wound. And that's just not cool. And the Major Spoilers Podcast is on the air. Welcome to issue 542, the Major Spoilers Podcast. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for listening. We are here to bring entertainment to you each and every week. A little bit later in the show, uh, Superman Red Sun by Mark Millar. But first, some news. Pirates. Every last one. Dude, who doesn't want to be a pirate? Dude. Yar. Uh, so a couple of big things this week. Dark Horse Comics and Dynamite Entertainment are teaming up for a couple of cool projects. We get to see the first teaser tra- trailer for Star Wars Rebels, and the World of Warcraft movie gets an official release date. Let's spin that Wheel of Destiny and see where we land. Right there on Dark Horse Comics and Dynamite Entertainment teaming up. For a couple of cool projects. Uh, so two projects that have been announced over the last couple of days. These are actually New York Comic Con uh, announcements. But uh, what's really cool about Dynamite is that they let us have that stuff well before the big announcements at the uh, at the show. Yeah, because they're pretty cool people. The first one is the announcement that uh, The Shadow and Grendel will be teaming up for a limited series. Wow. Uh, which is pretty cool, I think. That is, Hunter that's, Rose that's awesome. and... Uh, and uh, that shadow guy. Kent Allard. Kent Allard. A.K.A. Lamont Cranston. The other uh, big news is Red Sonia and Conan are going to reunite for the first time in 15 years. Uh, this one by uh, Brian Wood and um, Gail Simone uh, working on this project. Right. Conan, A.K.A. Conan the Barbarian. Red Sonia, A.K.A. Sonia Leibowitz. Actually, I think She Devil with she a devil Sword with a is sword. really where you're looking for, so... Um, no, Leibowitz is actually... So, Rodrigo, what do you think of these two announcements? I mean, you're probably not a big Grindel fan, or are you? 
I'm 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 not. But and and that comes largely from not being very familiar with it. We shall fix um, that. Yeah, we'll we should get around to that. Grendel I'm mostly familiar with from stuff in the back of um Mage. Mage. Yep. That's that's about the extent of my uh knowledge I, of Grendel. I think most of that stuff was actually the Christine Spar Grendel, wasn't it? Not sure. Was it a girl? Oh no no, I'm pretty sure it was a dude. Okay. It's hard to say. I can't even remember anymore. Yeah. Wow. It's been so long since I've read my mage issues. Red Sonia and Conan mm-hmm. also back together after 15 years, Zach. Very uh, mainly because the properties have been at two different companies for most of that time right. or not being published most of that time. Mm-hmm. Do you mm-hmm. care? Um, not necessarily. I think it's probably worth checking out. I know we've read a little bit of Conan mm-hmm. uh, on the show. That's the extent of my Conan reading. Um, but teaming with Gail Simone, certainly interesting. I've read some of her stuff, and I like it. Uh, what I do find interesting about this is it's not just one title, but two separate books right. coming from each company. Right. With title names reversed in each, depending on who, which company is publishing the series. Yep. Uh, have, have they said anything about storylines? If the storylines cross over, or if it's two complete different storylines, just I'm featuring both I'm sure characters? they're going to do some uh, crossovers with storylines. More information will be available in the coming weeks regarding the long-awaited Red Sonja and Conan, Conan reunion event. Has this been long-awaited? Have people wanted yeah. this? Yeah. Is I mean, it? you know, when uh, Robert E. Howard created both of the characters... Um, you um, know, it, yes? Technically, Robert E. Howard didn't create the Red Sonja that appears in comics. Well, he created a Red Sonja. Who bears little to no resemblance to the character seen in the comics. He created a Red Sonja. He also created a Conan. And now the two of them get to go together and play in the sandlot of Hyberia or Hyboria or Middle or Earth. Or Hycrania. Or, or uh, Hycrania. The, the Red Sonja we see. Do you see care about any of this, Matthew? I kind of do. Uh, I care more about the uh, Grendel Shadow because, frankly, Grendel and the Shadow are two really high octane douches. And seeing them cracking skulls, as they obviously will, the fact that they're both jerks, and they're both really, really obtuse jerks in many cases, is going to take a little bit of the 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 burn away from the fact that, once again, it's a hero versus hero thing. But for the Red Sonja Conan, I actually think that, yeah, that's something that people are looking forward to. Some people, old people. But when it comes down to it, I think that... Any crossover of this nature is always a good thing for two reasons. One, it makes the reprints a huge pain in the butt, which means that the actual issues can be more valuable, which I admit is kind of an obnoxious thing to worry about. But secondly, I prefer it when publishing companies have that that kind of we can work together thing rather than Marvel and DC's no, we'll never do Batman and Daredevil no matter how much you want to ask. Right. No, that's what I think is the biggest part of this story is that here are two publishers working together to try Mm -hmm. to promote their individual products. Right. And Mm -hmm. we just had um, this week the uh, market share numbers, the top 300 comics for um, September of 2013 come out. And Dark Horse is down there. On the list, they're not number three anymore. Mm-hmm. And Dynamite is either right ahead or close behind. I'm trying to find it here real quick. Um, and um, and I think that's good that we can create Matthew's favorite word, synergy. Synergy, to, uh, yeah. 
I hate that word. To uh, bring things together and make this work. So Dark yeah. Horse. <laughs> out of all out of all potential holographic computers, she was the worst. Yeah, Dark Horse is just <laughs> right ahead of Dynamite Entertainment uh, on the breakdown for the month. So mm. I think this is great. I think that if this exposes, you know, Dynamite fans who may not have been uh, Dark Horse fans or vice versa to the properties, certainly if a lot of people are reading uh, Red Sonia because of Gail Simone, now mm. maybe they'll go and check out some Conan from Brian Wood over at the other company. I haven't heard of any Grindel ongoing series, so maybe we're getting prepped for some more Grindel oh, stories Grindel coming prep. out in this crossover. That would be something else that I think would be interesting coming out of this, is if there's enough. Who uh, created uh, Grindel? What was his name? Uh, Matthew. Matt Wagner. Matt Wagner, that's right. Um, <coughs> maybe he's working on a project that, as soon as this wraps up, we'll see a new limited or ongoing or Dark, Dark Horse Presents uh, story. Featuring Grindel, so certainly. Well, I know that Wagner the has worked for Dynamite before. He wrote um, he wrote some Green Hornet. He wrote some mm-hmm. Shadow. I know he wrote Sorrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm excited. I think it's great. I think we'll find out more this weekend in the New York Comic Con. We should have more news on that over at Majorspoilers.com. And speaking of Majorspoilers.com, it's time Please. for our seventh annual Major Spoilers costume contest, Rodrigo. Costume contest, Rodrigo? Yes. Everybody has to dress up like Rodrigo this year. That's not that hard. You're going to get a Monchichi or a Chia Pet. Your choice. Good prizes. Good prizes. Dress up like a Monchichi and win a Rodrigo. No. The shipping of Rodrigo's is very expensive these days. If you think about it, it's kind of interchangeable. You do both have that weirdly fuzzy head. Enter today. This is what we want you to do. Enter today. Make it the biggest uh, contest that we've had in the last seven years. We're giving away an iPad mini for our first place winner. And we're giving away the uh, Legion of Superheroes uh, Mattel collection uh, that came out. The DC Universe Multipack Legion of Superheroes. Oh, boy, that one's going to be exciting. It has Colossal Boy in there. I think this one also has a Legion Flight Ring in it, if I'm not mistaken. Cool. And then we'll get something cool for the third place winner. Do you have to open it to get the Flight Ring? Yeah. You have to open up everything uh, to get everything out. It's cool, though. It's, uh, is it the one that folds into danger. the foldy? Yes, it it's folds a, like into it, the uh, You the can actually, yeah, the you one can that has like actually a... open it and get the stuff out and then put it back in. If it's the one that folds into the rock. Yes, it does. Gotcha, gotcha. It's, it can be it's open. But it, like, it like folds out into like a little showcase, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. No, that's cool. Yeah. Got to keep that package intact. Make, yeah. the, make that big money in the, on the eBay. Yes. I think once it's opened, it's already lost its value. Yeah. Oh. But you, you can remove them. Again. Yeah. It's designed to be closed again, so you can open them. Close them. You can play with you your can, You can open them. Lick them. <laughs> put them back in. No one will know. <laughs> Cough all over them. Yeah. Well, that's what they do over in uh, the other country where they're manufactured, right? Yeah. Curse you American pigs. <laughs> Germany. <laughs> that's funny because I'm true. <laughs> the other country. Canada. Yes, yeah. our yeah. good friends good Canada. to the north, Canada. Canadia. I saw a film strip about Canadia once. Okay, head over to Majorspoilers.com. <laughs> you can find more news stories, and you can find out more about the Major Spoilers contest. And you can also uh, learn how you can become a Major Spoilers VIP. If you don't know what a Major Spoilers VIP is, those are people who are supporting us at a bronze, a silver, or a gold-level membership. Uh, over at members.majorspoilers.com. At members.majorspoilers.com, when you join up, you get access to a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff. You get access to original art, and you also get access to bonus tracks. Our commentary track, 
to some of your favorite movies and maybe not so favorite movies. You're going to have to wait and see what we have in store for you for <laughs> November. Um, so go check it out. Oh, monthly live chat as well. We were just talking about uh, some gaming stuff um, coming up in our live chat this month. And if we hit our funding goat mm-hmm. through all of our VIP members, we'll <laughs> launch not one, not two, but three new podcasts. Whoa. Two of them exclusive to our Silver and Gold members and another one, the Finally Friday Show, which uh, you may have seen floating around on the site for a number of years. Zach and I did one this summer that yeah, people can go check did. out to give you kind of a flavor of what's coming when we hit that funding goat. So head over to members.majorspoilers.com. Sign up today. Help us out. We thank everyone who's been uh, supporting us so far. I just got our server bill for the year. And if it wasn't for you guys, we'd be... In the hole. In the trouble. So thank you. <laughs> Each and every one of you, and I really, honestly, truly We'd be rolling appreciate it. <laughs> and uh, one other thing you guys can do before we uh, get into our reviews is Tears. tell a friend We're about this fall. show. Go out, Zach. Yes. Tell your, tell your roommates, tell your friends, hey guys, I'm on a show. Yeah. You should listen. I'll tell everyone at work, and they'll be like, shut up, you, go back to your hole. Which is what we say to you here. Yeah. Well, that's, what, that's, that's what he meant when he said Thank at work. Yeah. <laughs> he's going he's to go tell Steven. And Steven's just going to tase him like usual. Yeah. Steven's. <laughs> Let us get to some reviews. <laughs> reviews. So a lot of, I think, number one's coming out this week. Mm-hmm. Is yours coming out this week, Matthew, or is that out from last week? Mine's out from last week. Well, why don't we start with you then? Mine's a number six. It's not a number one at all. Uh, my number six is actually a book that I've been meaning to read for a while, but I haven't been able to get copies of. And sometimes that means that they've totally sold out of copies. Sometimes it means that there weren't any copies to be had. Uber, number six, from Avatar Comics, written by Kieran Gillen, who really bought my eternal love and devotion with the first few issues of Young Avengers. Strangely enough, I didn't get on board the Journey into Mystery train. Because, honestly, it sounds like a concept album from uh, ELP from 1976. But Uber number six is basically an alternate reality. And it bears a little bit of resemblance to our trade paperback review in that it deals with history and superhumans in history. Basically, in 1945, the German government actually found a successful solution to manufacture superhuman people's who are superhumans. And there is actually a, a huge ongoing battle bigger than World War II actually was, which is one of the problematic aspects of the book for me. And in the last issue, uh, the American human battleship, for lack of a better word, HMH Colossus, is seemingly killed. Now, what's weird about this book to me is I expected kind of a, a 1945 Justice League of America type story based on solicits and the things that I'm seeing. But what it really turns out to be is a kind of a fascinating alternate history of war. Uh, The issue starts with the sinking of the uh, Yamato, a Japanese battleship in 1945, and then goes on to deal with the ramifications of that, the ramifications of actual war. We see characters who aren't superhuman in action, which doesn't necessarily confuse me. It actually kind of pleases me. But as we get into the book, it seems like what we're getting here is a very serious kind of take 
on an alternate history. And on the one hand, I think that's great. And I think that it's really well done from an art perspective. This is a really good looking book. And I have to check and see who the artist is. It has like, you know, nine or 10 different alternate covers as all avatar books do. Let's see. Checking on the Canon white. Yes. Canon white. That sounds about right. Really interesting stuff. Visually. Um, if you're going to do a historical war book, you got to be able to draw the airplanes. You got to be able to draw, in this case, warships and weapons and uniforms. And all of that looks really good, but doesn't necessarily feel like a just a period piece. Because there are times when, you know, kind of like if you make your movie in black and white, it's a little too retro. It doesn't necessarily feel like a modern story being told. There is a lot of death <laughs> in this issue bunch of people get blown up by a grenade there's a lot of fighty fighty we do by the end of the issue see a very dangerous superhuman in action destroying a battleship single-handedly which i think is interesting and by the end of the issue i'm like man i i'm gonna have to now order the trade paperback of the first arc just to get a feel for this because it's pretty epic it's not just a Justice Society of America story. It's certainly not what the solicits and the previews made me expect it to be, but it's interesting and it's good. And it does have a little of the Avatar, you know, expected ultra violence, but it's not necessarily to the point of severed body parts flying at the screen in this issue. Anyway, I can't guarantee that that hasn't happened in other issues. I'm going to go with four slices of meatloaf based on this issue only. I'd like to read more of this, and I, I, I wish I had gotten in on it, but it looks like there is a coming chapter of, uh, or a trade paperback, rather, volume one, which is all the issues before this one. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to order that and read that and then read it going forward until it disappoints me, as everything inevitably ends up. All right, that is out this uh, out last week from Avatar Press. Uh, from Dynamite Entertainment this week, I picked up Cryptozoic Man number one. Um, this is, I don't know how to describe it. Um, Alan Ostman is a cryptid, a cryptoid, and he is tasked with hunting down other cryptids and destroying them. And through an insane, you know, flashback sequence, we found out that his daughter was abducted by Bigfoot. He was then abducted by alien greys and turned into this cryptid. And now he's battling a uh, man wearing a pig bondage mask oh. who is trying to reveal the truth to him. I'm sure. <laughs> is this um, the one by... Uh, this is not a very... This is, yeah, I was going to mm -hmm. get to that. That was going to be oh, my okay, big, a big reveal there. Um, <laughs> but this is, uh, this is by Walter Flanagan and Brian Johnson. Uh, many people may know from uh, Comic Book Men uh, with Kevin Smith. Uh, having their role in this, uh, I got to tell you, I don't find this book very interesting. I don't. The art is somewhat pretty, although it's very graphic. Um, the story is nigh incomprehensible. Oh. Um, it just really does not make a lot of sense. And if you read the description, the solicitation that comes with the book, you're like, oh, this could be rather interesting. Mm -hmm. Until you read it, and you're like, biblical quote after biblical quote, and all this weirdness stuff going on. It's like, I'm sorry, this is not for me. Maybe it is for you if you're a fan of uh walt and brian then uh maybe this is something you want to pick up to help support them and their cause and i always am a big believer in supporting people that you that you like um 
But for me, it's just one that I'm going to have to say pass on. I, I gave this a one slice of meatloaf review. Mm. Oh. I just didn't care for it. Maybe you guys will. And maybe there's something. I don't know if there's another series that led into this. I don't think so. But it is it is a mess. Uh, it really read? it really needs to get a good editor on board to clean up the story and straighten it out and make a lot more sense out of it. What did were you, you going to say, Matthew? Did you read Proof from Image? Uh, yes, I did. That's the other crypto, cryptozoic. Uh, no, one, that's right? one of them. That's one that's of one them. Yeah. There's also Perhapanauts and yeah. something yeah. else. And there was also Cryptozoic, I think, was also Just one. the description that you gave sounds remarkably similar to Proof, a man finding out that he's a cryptid who has to hunt other cryptids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's not, this book is definitely out there. So, uh, Cryptozoic Man, number one, out this week from Dynamite Entertainment. Uh, go check it out if you're a fan, but... If you're looking for something different, this is certainly it, but uh, not my cup of tea. Let us uh, jump down to Magic the Gathering, Rodrigo. Yes, a game that I enjoy playing. Woo! Sometimes there are comics for it. And you must enjoy reading those, then. You think that I would. (laughs) Magic the Gathering, Theros number one, um, is... Uh, follows the continuing adventures of planeswalker Dak Faden. Is this the one that was in the previous? Wasn't this like an or, Same, original card with him? Uh, the the cards and aren't. The, they're not. Well, they're. I thought there was an exclusive card yeah, that came out with the first yeah, magic. Mm-hmm. They're, they're promotional cards, mm-hmm. um, and they're reprints of cards that are already around, oh, but they're okay. you know a little bit rare because they come with a comic. Sure. Um. And they have a little IDW expansion symbol, I think, um, which is cool. But uh, yes, the continuing adventures of Dak Faden. And I very strongly sympathize with uh, the writers for Mm. for these books. Um, I think the writer on this is Jason Claramella. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, Because... There's a lot of restrictions even just getting into this. First off, um, uh, Dak Faden is basically, and and this this is just how much it matches up, Dak Faden is basically the Dash Rendar of the Magic the Gathering universe. If you don't know what that means, exactly. Um, this is a character that... This is a character that has awesome adventures skirting the outlines of what is actually happening mm. in the Magic the Gathering universe in mm-hmm. the uh, expansions that we're seeing. So it's kind of feels like a character who's not terribly relevant. Like he's off having sure. his own adventures and in his own comic he keeps saving the world. Yeah. But like nobody outside of it cares. Um, he's also... A planeswalker, which means he's an incredibly powerful wizard type who can hop between dimensions, mm-hmm. and a thief, mm-hmm. which seems like it would just make being a thief incredibly easy. Yeah, yeah. Um, in fact, so easy that you might not want to be a thief at all <laughs> if you can just like hop between different dimensions. Mm-hmm. Furthermore, there's already one official planeswalker thief and another guy who a lot of the time ends up sneaking in and stealing things as part of his M.O. anyway. Mm. So there's just a lot going against this character. Um, On top of that, it's incredibly difficult to write planeswalkers because they're characters who, at the drop of a hat, can just leave the universe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Um, 
So they're always trying to come up with ways to force them to stay someplace or to take them someplace they don't want to go. One such highly contrived thing happens in this issue. A magic gauntlet shows up, grabs onto him, and takes him to the new plane of Theros, which is the plane that is um, that we're seeing right now in the game. Okay. Um, the uh, the new set premiered a couple weeks ago, or mm-hmm. like three weeks ago, or something like that. Um, and so that's that's what's happening now. So he's gonna go have adventures in Theros, and. Um, I don't know. I mean, in this comic, he goes in and tries to Mission Impossible his way into some place. Then a magic gauntlet shows up. It takes him somewhere else. He gets jumped by street thugs. And he fights them. Like, this this comic is very formulaic. Um has to have like highly contrived situations in order to keep a character who doesn't ever have to stay anywhere involved with a plot mm-hmm. um there's like i don't know it's like to a certain degree i'm like well this wasn't very well written but also i understand that is because there's a ton of restrictions that go with this character yeah um so there's that the art is good it's got kind of that painted style. I enjoyed it. I thought it looked very good. Usually, like most, like a lot of the time, you could tell what's going on. There's a lot of action, a lot of popping around, a lot of cool character design. But I just was not, not in any way impressed by the actual plot. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna give this two slices of meatloaf, and it gets that largely because of the art. Thank you for that, Rodrigo. Now let's shift all the way down to Dark Horse Comics, right? Yep. Shaolin Cowboy Shaolin number Cowboy. one out this Can we week. Shift over rather than down. Down sounds. No down. You down you shift. Go you go faster. Yeah. You get more acceleration. What? I drive a stick shift. Anyways, Shaolin Cowboy. You can tell from down the street because you can hear it grind. <laughs> no, that's just that's just my shaky shocks. <laughs> You do that thing where you're in the middle of the street and you're like hopping forward because you're not quite in the right gear. That was uh, when I first started driving it, certainly. I was terrified to drive on the interstate the first time. I was like, I'm going to do something stupid and die. Almost did. And then he did, and now he's a ghost. Yeah. Ooh. Speaking of uh, scary stuff, kids, check out next week's top five where we talk about our top five worst nightmares. That's next Just week a warning, on the Top 5 Podcast. Wear two pairs of underwear. So you yes. can take one off after that show is done. Wait. Well, technically, what? you'd have to take well, both pairs sure. off and then put the other pair well, back on. Well, let's think this Wouldn't time. Wouldn't it be easier to just bring the... another pair so you can... You should just not wear pants one. while listening to that episode. <laughs> <laughs> that way, we don't even, nothing will get dirty. Worse. You that's won't have worse, to change right. anything. Anyways. Shaolin Cowboy number one. Uh, going through Dark Horse's release this week, I said, hey, at number one, let's jump on that and see what happens, because it had Shaolin and Cowboy. I was like, ooh, fun time ninja stuff. Maybe with some cowboys. No cowboys. Fun time ninja stuff was had, though. Um, so we open up... I open up this the preview issue Dark Horse sent us, and I see a page and a half of about 12-point yeah, yeah. font times in Romans. I'm like, no, not reading this. Don't care if it's important because it's not happening. <laughs> Flip over the page. <clears throat> so we get into the comic. Uh, and it's just panel after panel. Well, a, sh- a hand shoots out of the dirt. Frog jumps away. 
a man arises from the ground. I'm like, oh, this is probably our main character. Something in that text important probably happened to get him to this spot of destruction. Caught up, I think. At that point, a large stick with a chainsaw attached to it comes shooting out of the ground. And now I'm interested because that thing looks deadly. And so then it's just him grabbing this big, long chainsaw stick and then running away from zombies. I was like, wait a second. You're a ninja man running away from zombies with a chainsaw on a stick? Lame. Lame, sir. Run away, run away. Some people are really stupid. And good news, they end up dying. That was cool because they were mean people to our mysterious hero. And then he kills a bunch of zombies eventually with his chainsaw on a stick. Uh, There was approximately 52 words in this issue. None of them really spoken by our hero. Some people in a in, in a satellite above the earth. Again, at this point I said, maybe that text was important. Still don't want to read that much though. And then it's over. I know if I pick this up Wednesday from a bookstore and paid the 3.99 price tag for it, I would have been very disappointed because even if I think you've read the previous Shaolin Cowboy stuff, which I believe there was yes. before as mm-hmm. many years before this, this like the story went nowhere. Um, besides, he eventually killed a pack of zombies with a giant chainsaw on a stick, which which granted is cool, but not worth a, a three ninety nine price tag. The art was good. I liked the art. It reminded me of. Oh, who who does uh, Manhattan Projects? The Nick, Nick, uh, Nick, 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 Nickelodeon. Nick Nagoda. Yeah, Matt Fraction. You mean? No, no, no. I mean the the the, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the artist Nick Dragota. Fraction doesn't do Manhattan Projects. No, who does? Jonathan Hickman writes it. Yeah, that's right. You're thinking of Nick Dragota. No, yeah, I am. I am. And right, his his style, um, is relatable to what we see in Shell and Cowboy Number One. I was kind of disappointed. I wanted to see some cool uh, fighting things, and I did, but nothing really happened. It seems like it's setting up like a cool, like this is the cool first six minutes of a kung fu movie. But I don't want to pay four dollars to watch four six minutes of a kung fu movie. So I give Shaolin Cowboy uh, two slices of meatloaf. Mm, kind of a down week for most of the books yeah. this week. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. There's still more good stuff coming out. We've still right. got three we more months in the year. I mean, and that's that's only four books out of what, like sixty that were released every Wednesday or something. Yeah, my exactly. book was okay. Yeah, yeah. I chose well. You guys fell through the little thing to your death because you forgot that Jehovah starts with I in Latin. Uh, listeners, Latin. you can head over to Majorspoilers.com and you can read even more reviews over there. You can check out articles uh, like uh, the most recent comics portal where Wayne wonders, are exclusive contracts fading away? Why do comic book companies still sign exclusive contracts? Are they worth it? You can read his thoughts over there. You can also head over there and check out the Major Spoilers Poll of the Week. Poll of the Week, 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 week. Man, I am so excited about the New York Comic Con kicking off this weekend at the uh, Javits Center in New York City. It's going to be a lot of fun. A lot of people are gearing up for it. Now, you know, just a couple of weeks ago, they had the Salt Lake City Comic Con, which opened even bigger than the New York Comic Con opened. 
when it first opened. Wow. Um, we've had Wizard World uh, conventions going on left and right. But I really, I think a lot of people look at the New York Comic Con as kind of the beginning of the fall convention season and people mm-hmm. gearing up between the big San Diego Comic Con and, and now this. And um, then there's just Comic Cons running all the way through the end of the year. So the poll this week is... Will you be attending any of those conventions between now and the end of the year? I think probably here we all, unless Zach is going to some convention of some kind. No, I don't venture. I know that I'm a no, although I I think I will be apparently appearing on a panel at Planet Comic Con in March. That's pretty cool. I guess, yeah, we're going to be talking Star Wars, so it'll be interesting. Um, Matthew, you're not going to any conventions, right? No conventions are coming to you. I I think that the only way I would go to a convention is if we went as a major spoilers presence, because I really, I don't don't have any use for that many people and I'm old and fat and generally lazy. Oh, you're not that old. (laughs) Gosh, thanks. That was supposed to be a compliment. Kind of. It certainly was supposed to be. Good work, Zach. Well, I don't think we are alone in this uh, in this answer, Matthew. Sorry, I hit my cough switch too late. But we are not alone. In fact, as of this very moment, 100 Spaithful Foilerites have answered the Wall of the Peak. And overwhelmingly, 85%, which out of 100 is almost 85 people, say no, they will not be attending any conventions. 15%, lucky 15, saying yes, they will be attending a convention. And again, I think if, if you're if you're into conventions or if there's something you really want to go and do, like I, I might want to go to San Diego Comic-Con to say I've been to San Diego Comic-Con. But yeah, if it's something that you know you're interested in or that you think you might be interested in, I would say, you know, more power to you. Go, go, my friend, go and do whatever I you think do with your thing. From what I'm seeing in the comment section, a lot of people, it's just a work-related thing. Blue Yonder says it's peak uh, work season for me, so it seems very unlikely. Um, uh, one person says that it's a uh, conventions are usually a spring-summer thing because his kids are in school. Um, I missed all the local ones. Um, money considerations and time mean no convention going for me, says Matt Goins. Uh, Russell Katz says I already spent my convention budget for the year. Um, not going this year, says Jared. Uh, he did want to go to the Denver Comic-Con, but no fall conventions and no vacation time means no comic book conventions. Right. So, yeah, I understand that. I'm sure that there is something local near you. Um, the Wizard World conventions have kind of, I don't know, cleaned yeah, up their have, act over the last couple of years. Uh, there are 900 Wizard conventions. There's always one taking place within five miles of where you are. Yeah, they usually happen about, they usually have one, sometimes two a month, depending on what month it is. Wow. Um, so they have them all over. Uh, you know, like yeah. I said, they just did Chicago not too long ago. Nashville's coming up next weekend. And I forget what else, but you can go check those out over at Majorspoilers.com. Look under the uh, I tag think a Wizard, Wizard Conventions. Tussle is tomorrow for an hour and a half. At the train station in Bug Tussle, Arkansas. Listeners, if you uh, want to get an early jump on your Christmas shopping, like I have, because mm-hmm. it is October, and that means holidays are here. I ventured in the back Spreading part of McDon- joy uh, McDonald's and gear. Walmart the other day. All the Christmas <laughs> trees were out and all the Christmas stuff. Oh, going. I know. It smelled like Christmas shopping season, which smells like a lot of sweat and anger. 
and, and, and bankruptcy. Well, you know what? If so you you're saying wanna... major spoilers headquarters no, for just, like holiday season. Just no, normal, no, he's talking just, about Walmart. Just normal Walmart day. If you want to avoid the smell of the holidays, if you want to avoid the stink of the holidays, the aggravation of the holidays, make your holiday shopping easy. Head over to Majorspoilers.com. Click on the Amazon link. Do your purchasing there. It doesn't cost you anything extra. A little bit comes back our way and helps in our big picture of funding that goat and moving forward and doing more great things at Majorspoilers.com. Thank you for everyone who's purchased over there. I know a lot of people say, hey, I just bought such and such from uh, the link over at Amazon. Somebody said the other day they picked up some Munchkin stuff from the Amazon link, which is always cool. Nice. And uh, some people picked up some audio stuff. And one person said they bought a new computer system. Woo. Through that link at Amazon.com. And we thank everybody for doing that. Good job. Awesome. Just set your bookmark. Just uh, go over to Majorspoilers.com, click on the Amazon link, set your bookmark there, and then every time you need to go to Amazon, just open up your bookmarks, and there you go. Set bookmark to stun. (laughs) Yes. My bookmark is always on kill. You know, last week we had uh, a lot of talk back, and we had a lot of uh, good comments and questions from people. Uh, If you want to call in and leave a message, all we want you to do is call the Major Spoilers hotline. That number is 785-727-1939. Or in Zach speak, that would be seven two sixty wickedy wickedy seven nineteen thirty nine is a rizzle 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 is he wearing a shoe? These are these are kids. To be fair, for someone to dress more cool than us is not difficult. I'm pretty sure I passed a couple of toddlers on the way in who were uh, well, out styling us. Are styling and profiling thanks to their remember fine, fine remember mother. the the solar man of the atom theory too. It's easier to dress hipster because that's what's in the stores. I don't think that's if, a real theory. If you don't no, it is true. If you don't pay attention to what you're buying and you just go and buy clothes, you'll probably buy stylish clothes because you don't care. Like Howard Wallowitz, the stuff that he wears from 1976, you have to really work hard to get those clothes. Especially not if you just wore them in 1976 and you just still have them. Or you just go visit a Hot Topic. No, Hot Topic's all... Like, no, Hot Topic's all... Colors and brownish. That's Hot Topic. If you want to dress like a member of Guar, go to Hot Topic. And by the way, don't ever do that again. All right. I used to listen to a lot of it was a terrible metal music. That yeah, was a fun time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Tell us what other kind of music you used to listen to, Zach. Uh, really big in NSYNC, of course, well, I because I grew up in the Brent 90s. Makes sense. Um, I've always had a place in my heart for hip-hop. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, first, the, first, the first album I ever bought was uh, Get Richard Die Try and 50 Cent. Parents took it from me. Makes I had, sense. I had a copy on the computer, so I burnt one anyway, so <laughs> whatever. I'm a rebel. Yeah. I'm a rebel. All That's right. all I got. I don't know. I don't know if you want to keep me keep talking. This Probably week not. we are talking Elseworlds titles. Elseworlds. Hooray. Stories that seem very familiar, but set in a different very world where familiar. things are just very different. Where things are slightly pointier. Yes. In this case, it's Superman Red Sun. What happened if Superman landed on Earth 12 hours later? And instead of landing in Kansas... Landed in the Ukraine in the 1930s, grew up to be part of the Cold War Mm. and uh, to be uh, the Red Sun Mm -hmm. of uh, 
of the, the communist USSR. Superman. Yes, the communist, commie Superman, commie Batman, Wonder Woman, Stalin, and um, you know the red spread, the uh, <laughs> expansion of of communism across the globe, and the Americans trying to fight it come front and center in this story. In fact, mm-hmm. the only person uh, who seems willing to stand up to the uh, the Kryptonian from uh, from the Ukraine is Lex Luthor. The Kryptonianist, if you will. And so we get a very different Superman story. Rodrigo, this is what, the second or third time you've read this series? Yeah, yeah, it's at least the second. Run us through a rundown of, of this story beyond what I've... What I've uh, gone into you covered it pretty well uh superman lands in a in russian territory they take him in raise him and he becomes a champion of the ideals of communism he flies around and the true ideals of communism, right right, right? Mm-hmm. everybody should get a fair yep. shake everybody everybody deserves a, a right meal Every, in their bellies and a yep. job yep if you if you do your work the government will provide for you everything's great 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 so he flies around and does what Superman usually does, which is to um, destroy trains that are going to run into kids yes. and yeah. um, destroy buildings that are going to fall <laughs> onto somebody and, mm-hmm. you know, things like that. Um, freeze things with a super breath, so on and so forth. Um, and wouldn't you think, though, if you were uh, a country that was not affiliated with the Soviets, that suddenly here's a hero that's willing to go out of his way to help you anyway, mm-hmm. fly over to your England or to your France or maybe even to your South Africa, right? And help out mm-hmm. that those countries would be. Hmm, maybe the Soviet Party isn't such a bad thing after all. Yep. Yeah, and and uh, there's a lot of that going on um, in the United States. Meanwhile, uh, Lex Luthor and his lovely <coughs> wife Lois. <gasps> That's not how it would happen in the real world. That's not how I'm happen. Speaking of which. Um, his first, his first attempt to, uh, to really to destroy Superman is, um, he creates something from his cells. He stages a, uh, satellite crash, a satellite crash gets some cells and then creates a bizarro style Superman mm-hmm. to go fight him. Um, but in the end he decides to be a good guy and, um, Ends up killing himself, saving a bunch of people. Yep. Hooray for Bizarro. Anyway, um, at some point, a kid gets killed, and there's a Batman. There's a Russian Batman. Yep. Um, yeah. Or some parents get killed, and then a kid becomes right. a Batman. Um, Superman is having some trouble with the party because the party wants him to take over. Eventually, he decides that he is going to take over. He becomes the kind of intellectual driver of the communist party which slowly engulfs the globe and eventually only like a couple countries aren't doing it chile and uh, and the united states States. Um, meanwhile uh the united states is in pretty much an anarchy um eventually uh lex luthor puts a plan into effect to finally kill superman after batman puts a plan into effect to finally kill superman yes and fails Um, and fails shocking Right. Um, but uh, in the end, uh, does not succeed, at least doesn't succeed in physically killing Superman. Right. Sure. Um, but he ends up saving the world from communism anyway. Right, right. Which um, is ultimately the the uh, happy ending that we all want to happen, right? I, 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 I suppose. 
Uh, green, <laughs> some Green Lantern show up at some point. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's good times. Yeah, Wonder they, Woman's in there. They brought the dip, but they were pretty late to the party, so yeah. all the chips were gone. And then it, uh, you know, the, when we talk Elseworlds, obviously it's more than just you know what would happen if a nail popped a tire and somebody else found yes. it, Superman, or what would happen mm. if another the nail popped a tire. <laughs> <laughs> but we also see some very interesting things happening. Like Jimmy Olsen was never part of the Daily Planet. Right. He mm-hmm. was a CIA, CIA operative and later becomes Vice President of the United States under mm-hmm. Lex Luthor. We see that Jack Kennedy lives mm-hmm. uh, for many, many, many years um, as, as president, and it was Nixon that was assassinated uh, or killed. Um, we see things like the Green Lanterns, the crash of Abin Sur mm-hmm. was the Roswell crash in 1944. Uh, so we see all these little things that happen in there. There's also some kind of visual treats that we get to see. For example, the um, Batman's parents getting killed instead of necklaces. It's these little kidney beans falling down mm-hmm. uh, as that motif there. Um, yep. The other thing that I think is really cool is we see this evolution of Lex Luthor right. in this from a very um, golden age depiction of the scientist all the way through his ending days where he's basically fat, bald, and bloated uh, Lex and President, Luthor, and President mm-hmm. Luthor coming in and, and uh, trying to take Superman down. So it's, it's kind of neat. Uh, we also get to see all the villains show up. I mean, uh, we, you mentioned um, Bizarro. Mm-hmm. We also see Metallo. Right. We also see Parasite. Yep. We also see you know a bunch of people. We also see um, uh, Brainiac, right. yeah. who does come to the planet. Instead of shrinking down... Um, Kandor, he creates the Stalingrad city in a yeah, bottle. Right. And that is kind of Superman's one failing. He does mention that uh, for years and years mm-hmm. and years. I mean, we're looking at a story that starts in 1938 and goes until 2000, 2001, I think, 2004, yeah, something like that. I think 2001 is when things with the, the big things. And then the but the really... coda is even further. Right. Sure, I mean, that's, sure, that's, sure. The, that's the kind of the surprise ending that, yeah. that we'll get to in a minute. But He's always looking at Stalingrad as this was my biggest failure because no matter what I do, brain, I can find no way of re restoring uh, Stalingrad to where it needs to be. They um, actually, at one point, Lex Luthor is talking about Dr. Schott and Dr. Loomis who work for him. Mm-hmm. Schott and Loomis are the toy man and the prankster. Right. Oh, right. I love that. Um, Sivana works for the communists. Yes. Yep. Um, it's interesting, too, that if uh, you don't fall in line and you're a dissident, mm-hmm. um, they'll go in and tweak your mind. They'll go right. in and, and perform right. a, a lobotomy on you mm-hmm. and turn you into a Superman robot. Right. I don't know if I'd call it a lobotomy so much because, I mean, they still seem to be vaguely functional, but I'm yeah. pretty sure yeah. that the... I mean, it's, it's, it's some, it's kind, of, it's some a, kind of brain surgery to make them... To cut out, out the bad yeah. part of their brain. Yeah. yeah. To make you a better worker for the party. And at some point, you know, uh, we don't see Batman dying... But it's implied that his movement started a lot of of uh, rebels going mm-hmm. on, and that at some point in the future, in the two thousands, they're all rounded up, and they have all been turned into instead of Superman robots, Batman robots, mm-hmm. uh, which is Didn't kind of Batman creepy in explode? itself. He did. Yeah. Oh, he did, did he explode? Okay. Yeah. 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 Now yeah. Superman rounds up the Batman and and lobotomizes them. Yeah. 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 But eventually, eventually, again in the oh, that's um, right. He in the himself. in the flash yeah. forward, um. A new set of Batman show up again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. The vulgar Batman. If you know. What's interesting, and this is, I guess, the up to this Batman. up to this part of the story, Zach. Did you like it? I mean, this is is this your first Elseworlds, or had you read um, some? Did you read Gotham by Gaslight? Yeah. I think that was the last one that we yeah, did. Yeah, that's the first one I read. Okay, 
So here's a Superman take on an mm-hmm. Elseworlds title. Yeah, I thought it was really... I really liked uh, the first issue when Superman was just basically regular Superman. It's like, Superman will be good no matter where he is because... Well, I mean, depending on who brings him up, sure. Right, he had, right. He had the same, essentially, upbringing. Right. But just in communist nations that he protects the people of the world he looks out for their interests and so i thought well that's that's pretty cool superman at his core is a good person and Mm -hmm. then it starts changing and then that was really interesting to watch superman essentially start taking over the world Mm -hmm. but rationalizing it and doing it by not shedding any blood but by still essentially trying to control the world and so Mm -hmm. i thought that was very interesting i like i like luther's character um, he seemed kind of just like normal Lex Luthor, essentially. There's well, there's a there's different Lex Luthors, right? right. Yeah, this yeah. is this is very much a like a, a Lex Luthor that is you know a lot of the times Lex Luthor is written with a like this like really insidious hatred for Superman. Yeah, mm-hmm. this Lex Luthor really gets obsessed with Superman because Superman's a problem he can't solve. Right. Sure. Even though he's somebody who can solve every problem. Right. This so, is like a post-crisis John Byrne 80s Luthor. Right, right. This is this is a Lex Luthor that is weirdly positive mm-hmm. about destroying Superman. And what's really weird is we find out Lex Luthor has a ninth level intellect because that's what Metallo says he has. Brainiac. Brainiac. No, I'm sorry, Brainiac says he has. <laughs> but at the end of the at the end of the book, you know, Lex Luthor is standing there right before he dies. Mm-hmm. And it's basically like, oh, yeah, I pretty much had this planned out to this very moment in time 40 years ago. Yeah. So he's, you know, all through this story, even though he's constantly failing and failing and failing, it's almost like he had to put all these events in place in order to get to this point to where he could turn America around by becoming a president. Because, again, at the end of the book, when um, communism has overtaken the world except for the United States and and Chile – he comes in, wins the presidency, and within three months solves the entire economic problem for this uh, country that's essentially at a civil war with one another mm-hmm. and rises it to be a, a competitor. So that mm-hmm. when he does defeat Superman, it's not like the world is just totally broken and lost. There is a model to make everything work without communism and without Superman, a world mm-hmm. without Superman that actually works. And Matthew, that's where I think the big surprise twist of this story takes place because you're right. It doesn't end in 2001. It keeps going for a long time. It, it, the thing that that well, let's just go there. The uh, end of the book what... basically is the far flung future where we see Jorel and Lara sending their son away from basically a moribund Earth and There's saying, a... "Oh, we're going to send our son back in time mm-hmm. to the beginning of the story where he will he will save the world or something." But here's where the, the, the real twist is, because when they're burying Lex Luthor, he lives to be 800 or something like yeah, that. Right. Um, um, we keep hearing the Superman narration going, and then, you know, there were Lex's kids that eventually took over for him, and he starts naming their names. And then it was Jay, Jay Lex and, and uh, uh, Bobby Lou and then all these things. And eventually it goes down to like a billion years out or whatever. And finally, a billion years from now, Lex Luthor's descendant, Jor-El had a son at the time when our red son was about to go out. It had weakened right. me to the point where even I can't, I don't have the powers that I had before. Mm-hmm. So through this entire time, Superman is living through his own origin story. And I don't know if he gets to witness himself going back in time, but certainly 
implication is Superman is actually a descendant of Lex, of Lex, Lex Luthor, Luthor right. in this story, yeah. which I think was really kind of a cool twist. And then, of course, the whole time travel with the, that was our planet right. yeah, yeah, thing yeah. is uh, really fascinating, too. When I got to the end, but, I was just like, oh, so it's just going to be them cycle. sending off a, a, a Luther baby yeah, to, to some other planet. planet. And he would become like, their Superman. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's yeah. what I thought. And they're like, oh, wait, time travel. Oh, that's actually kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, That narration actually is one of my big problems with this book. Really? Because, yeah, at any time you do first-person far-future narration, it has that effect of, okay, how is this taking place? When is this taking place? Not necessarily. I don't like to make the stupid argument that, well, we know he's not going to die because it's a Superman comic. Let's be real here. We know he's not going to die. But when you have that far-future narration, Even in Death of Superman, he didn't die. Yeah. yeah, you kind of have to give it a grounding, and we never see future Superman. We see future Superman's caption boxes. No, so we see we, we see su- future Superman after quote unquote his death because mm-hmm. um, he disguises himself as Clark Kent wearing mm-hmm. a blue suit and glasses, and would Lois see through this ridiculous disguise. Uh, so but he that, does talk that, about even that. that is a flashback from the point of view of the right. narrator. Sure. Well, that's why I, that's why I would argue the narration works because. You're assuming that Superman is dead, and yet the narration box continues, and then you're like, wait a minute. If the narration boxes continue, that means that Superman, <gasps> look, there he is dressed as Clark Kent, and now you're introduced to the second epilogue of the story where he's basically telling you what happened after that. So we can assume that he died with Earth when it blew up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that that is somewhat interesting. What were you going to say, Rodrigo? Uh, I was, I was going to say... When I saw that, when I saw that he takes the, takes a baby who is Lex Luthor's descendant and sends him back in time to be mm-hmm. Superman, I was like, what's this sound familiar? And I was like, oh, yeah, this is how Rising Stars should have ended. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you guys remember Rising Stars, yeah, in yeah. the end, like, the guy who has all the power flies over to another planet and starts the cycle again. Mm-hmm. But I was mm-hmm. like, he really should have traveled back in time and been the original yeah, been the- Flash or whatever it was called. Mm-hmm. Um and now I wonder, because I looked it up, um, Red Sun came out in the middle of Rising Stars. Oh, really? So I was like, I wonder if he actually meant to do that, because that just seems like the right thing to do. And then this yeah. came out, and it's like, oh, well, I can't do that now. Yeah, because yeah, then everybody would say, oh, yeah. you're just ripping mm-hmm. off of Mark Miller. Yeah. Um, did you enjoy this story, Rodrigo? I did. There were a few things that kind of uh, stuck in my craw, but generally, I, I did enjoy it. Um, I like... I like some of the things that it says um because the the good thing about elseworlds is that it allows you to do things in comics that are actually weirdly logical mm-hmm. for example here's a great example of um what people are always saying about reed richards and lex luthor and you know your ant-mans and right so right. on and so forth which is like they're such gigantic amazing scientists mm-hmm. you're tony starks professor if things they, right exactly um Peabody. Yeah. If and Sherman. Yeah. If they turn uh, their genius Sherman also a redhead. Oh, uh, there you go. If they turn their genius to doing anything except fighting each other, mm-hmm. the world would like at start it like technology would start iterating at such a pace that basically they would we would go to like a scarcity free economy mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. it would be freaking utopia because mm-hmm. they would figure out ways of you know, they already have ways of generating f- completely free energy out of nowhere and right, things right, like right. that, right? So 
this book allows us to see that. It allows us to see Lex Luthor being like, well, I'm just going to solve the deficit. Mm -hmm. And I'm just going to create technology that does this thing that I want mm -hmm. in the process, like dragging the country and every, every one of our allies out of the depression. Right. You know, and things like that. So that's, that's, it's nice to see the comic actually do something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, so that, that's definitely one of the things I liked. Uh, there's a couple of things that I didn't like. Are we there yet? Not yet. Okay. I'll come around and see what Zach thought of this. Did you like this story, Zach? Yeah, I really did. Um, I, it's always interesting to see just different takes not only that creators will bring to a character, but just completely change things entirely mm -hmm. and what the Elseworlds does. And so I like that. And I like this iteration of whatever. I mean, it was a fun read. I didn't know if I was going to like it going into it, but I certainly got on board really quick and yeah. really liked it. I, I liked it, too. I thought it was it was a fun story. And again, it's nothing that you have to read too deeply into, although you could argue that both Superman and Lex Luthor were working towards the same goal of creating uh, an, an ideal utopian society. Mm -hmm. um, but it was because of their ideology that Superman had to force his will upon people as opposed to Lex Luthor, who wanted man to rise itself up uh, mm -hmm. to that level, mm -hmm. that that's where they kept butting heads throughout. Uh, so I think there's a lot of, you know, some political stuff that you could read into it, especially right now with what's going on. <laughs> there's a lot of politics that you can read into it. But overall, it's an enjoyable story. Now, Matthew, you said you didn't you didn't care for this book. What are some things that you didn't like besides the, the narration? I think that the problem with this book for me is threefold. One, structurally, it doesn't work for me because partly of the narration and partly because book one has some really, really good stuff in it. And it's all kind of loosely tied together. And it feels like, you know, 12 issues worth of comics jammed all together into one. Mm -hmm. And then book two feels like everything in the kitchen sink. And then in book yeah. three, we throw in all the mm -hmm. concepts that we didn't have. I mean, book one literally has Batman's origin in the space of three pages. And then we have Bizarro, who has a pretty good couple of scenes. I like Bizarro's death scene, but the buildup to it is a page and a half long. Mm. Miller is throwing everything in this book. And if I go into an Elseworlds and they're like, okay, here's your, here's your premise. I'm like, okay, premise beach. Here's the premise. And they say, what if a man wakes up and finds that his chest has been claimed by France? I'm good with that. And I'm good with that taking place in the DC universe. But this book hypothesizes, okay, Superman crash lands in Russia. And then the story that they tell is a whole lot of story where some of the things that are changed, some of the changed premises don't come out of that central theme of Superman crash lands in Russia. Sure, sure. And when I get down to the, the basic gist of it, it, there's a fight in issue two that's maybe four or five pages long that feels an awful lot like the final big battle in uh, – Batman The Dark Knight Returns, mm -hmm. where Batman kicks the crap out of Superman. But then it has that, that moment at the end where Superman's like, ha-ha, but I am Superman. And it really feels like that story doesn't end because Superman is clever or more heroic or anything. It feels like it ends because, oh, right, this is a Superman book. I need to have Superman well, win the fight. But it sets up exactly what um, Batman was trying to tell Wonder Woman is mm -hmm. don't listen to him. He's manipulating you and using him to his end, not your end. And when she destroys that lasso, 
she basically kills herself or, you know, right. uh, keeps herself mm-hmm. from right. being Dis- destroys her immortality. Yeah. And so then she suddenly realizes that afterwards and is like, oh, this guy is a dick. Superman is a dick. And I mm-hmm. don't want to be part of this anymore. I'll go back and retreat to Themyscira, which is where right. I'll stay until uh, Lex Luthor's so wife to, comes and tells me, pages or so. and tells and me that, to come out of retirement. And that is the third and I think most damning point for me is this is an entertaining book. I kind of, you know, go through here and I go, these are these are cool ideas. But there are essentially, for all intents and purposes, three, I'm going to say, main characters in this book. There's in book one, Stalin, who is a very central figure in the early Superman. There's Superman. There's Luthor. And then you have characters who come in. You pop up a little bit of Batman, a little bit of Green Lantern. All of the characters' voices are variations on Mark Miller's theme of a sociopathic a-hole. Even Superman, to me, comes across very much as, in certain places, a sociopathic a-hole. And when you get into the point of that narration, the narration from the the far future feels very Superman-y. It feels very kind of, you know, hopeful Superman story. And then he does things like the Superman robots where I'm like, this is, this is almost completely antithetical to what you're telling me here. Superman. It feels like Superman is an unreliable narrator. Who's kind of, well, and again, every time I think you can argue that that was on purpose. Yeah. And, Mm -hmm. and the other thing too is here we get to see. And again, if you're telling your own story, you're going to cut some things that might sound really cool short because they, to you don't matter. Right. So if Superman's recounting his life, yeah, I fought this Bizarro guy, and here's what happened. And yeah, I fought this Batman guy, and here's what happened. But let me tell you about this greater Lex Luthor story that's going on. And oh, by the way, I, I had an affair with Wonder Woman. Um, too too but, much. But here's what happens. He gets this letter from Lex Luthor that says, why don't you just put the whole Earth in a bottle? And Superman mm-hmm. at that point realizes, oh my gosh, I am no better than uh, Brainiac. Brainiac. Mm-hmm. I have to change my ways. And after he makes that sacrifice of, quote unquote, killing himself and dying, even though he goes undercover forever, never to come resurface as Superman. Right. At that point, that's his cathartic moment where he decides to change. And so he can, going forward in the rest of that story, talk about how he allowed the humans to rise up and do their thing and become the greatest power in the entire galaxy. And eventually, a billion years later, Jor-El, me, was sent back in time. Mm-hmm. To hopefully this time change it, but because I'm telling you the story, you know it's not, and I'm going right, to have to go right. through these right, same right. struggles again and again and again throughout all time. I, I, I really don't care for the ending. Oh, I thought the ending was kind of cool. What yeah, didn't you I, like, Rodrigo? What didn't I like? I didn't like that there was a Batman at all. I his I, head his headgear is ridiculous, but. Yeah, <laughs> with the hat. Yeah, um, he looks. He looks like uh, it's like I felt that if he pulled off the mask, it was gonna be um, oh, what's his name? Ah, da, da, da. Well, basically the the guy from Fargo. Oh yeah, um, <laughs> Dan Son of a Gunderson. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so I I f- like the first time I read this, the moment that. Batman shows up. I was like, ah, <laughs> yeah. And you know, I wonder too. And I don't know how these Elseworlds series are pitched, but it wouldn't surprise me if, when an Elseworlds series is pitched, they kind of tell, especially in the early 
on times, mm -hmm. you have to include these characters. Because if you look at the Elseworlds, they were basically either an Elseworlds Batman title mm -hmm. or an Elseworlds Superman title. I think, I, I honestly think they can't help themselves. Yeah. I think the writers can't <laughs> help themselves. Yeah, yeah. They're like, I think but, that but, 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 but Batman. I you think know? that the inclusion of Batman was actually very key to the themes of this story. Which is that superheroes are bad and wrong and a bad idea and will always turn evil in the end. And having Batman in there to be, once again, that one sane human man trying to rein in the quote-unquote superhero and or communist who will always take things too far and destroy everything and turn it all to dust. I think that that is exactly what Batman's role is here. And I think that's another reason why, I, you know, hate the fact that batman is in this I, I, and i and i think that you're right but i also think that it it causes two problems one really the 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 the, the subtle problem that it basically says that superman's arrival on earth caused the death of bruce wayne's parents because nobody goes oh this is a Russian version of that mm -hmm. guy that runs around Gotham kicking people's faces <laughs> in, right? There is no American Batman. Right. Superman caused Batman's parents to die. Right. Um, and you don't like that? And if that? you think, well, I don't know. It depends on... It's, if it's you a get, weird implication. If you want sure. to get metatextual... I like it. Superman, first superhero, 1938. Right. Sure. Batman right after that, 1939. America, America. Flip it around 12 hours. Now you've got... The Russian version, and I and I and I enjoy that reading. But again, it's it's this idea that you can't have a DC universe without mm -hmm. Batman. Yeah, yeah, no matter how improbable. No, that's what I'm saying is I, I I would almost bet that there is some kind of edict that comes down in these stories that say mm -hmm. you have to have a Batman character because yeah. I think well, in the what's the one where Superman hangs out with Tesla and he wants to give the world all this free energy. I don't think it's Bruce Wayne Batman, but I think it's I Thomas think it's Superman Wayne. Superman Metropolis. Yeah, but I think it's I think it's Thomas Wayne that's involved right, right. in that story. So you know they're always having yep. these characters yep. in yep. there. So why do you think that having Batman in here means that we have to have Batman to have a DC universe when really the only reason Batman's around is because of Superman? Wouldn't it, the implication be that Superman controls the DC universe, not that Batman is the Superman central focus? originated the DC universe, right? And so without Superman. In a lot no of ways, one. Batman sure. quantifies the DC universe and represents it. It's kind of like saying, if you look at the Marvel universe, the Fantastic Four launch slash create the Marvel universe. Spider-Man mm -hmm. embodies it. Spider-Man oh, okay. is, the, is the archetype that Marvel lives by. And that's mm -hmm. kind of okay. the thing here. Yeah. Is Batman is, for all intents and purposes, used as Superman's... Not Oil. evil, but yeah. moral I ideological opposite. Mm -hmm, right. Mm -hmm. And here, what we see is a Superman who comes from a place where we, as readers in a capitalist society, are naturally going to say, well, Stalin was a jerk face who killed <laughs> millions of people, and communism was a bad idea, and blah, 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 blah. Or I think that's the implication. And we see Superman working in this to make that, that communist reality, and Batman working against him is the common man. Batman is emblematic of right. yeah. what the DC universe can be. And Superman is what I think the DC universe and what, to a, a greater degree, humanity could be, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Superman is the man of tomorrow. Batman is the man of right now punching people in the face in the back alley. Yeah, I guess my biggest complaint is there wasn't enough Batman. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> That's um, always your complaint. Um, 
Well, you, you should. Know, I think... That's that's why there's a book called uh, I believe it's Holy Terror, yeah, yeah. in which that's... you get mostly Batman yeah. and, and you get a little bit, bit of you Superman. Get a little bit of Superman, yeah. Um, a little bit of Flash. Have you read Holy Terror? No. Okay, so you weren't oh, around then. Um, yeah, it's really oh, good. Oh God, that was like episode twelve. Or it was. Something. It was early on. That was a long time ago. Um, I if I had problems with this, it felt really condensed. But it's almost like okay, we're going to give you a three issue prestige. Yeah, tell your story. Yeah. So yeah, you're going to have to do some editing. I mean, in this, in this. Still piece. though, I mean, this e- the, these these issues had more pages than a regular comic. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah they're like, yeah. They're like double sized. Three by forty eight. I really like the I like the format. I like the tale. I like the tale that was spun. Typically, I don't like Mark Miller. Mm-hmm. Uh, typically, I think his um, P.T. Barnumism uh, gets a little out of control when he's trying right. to self promote. Um, but overall, I think this story was. I think as good as wanted. Um, although he had a little bit more pages to tell his story in that. Mm-hmm. Um, Actually, I don't know that he did. Wanted was six pages or six issues regular size. This is three issues double sized. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I just, um, I would have liked to have seen some more development of Lois Lane as mm-hmm. a character mm-hmm. because. You know, as Matthew said in the first issue, it's kind of built up, built up that she's like, oh, I love Superman. There's something I get right. tingly when I think about Superman. And then she's just written out until much later. And she's like, yeah, I'm still married to Lex Luthor. We're the happiest couple on the planet. Happy birthday, dear. <laughs> she's, stre- she's set dressing. Yeah. 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 And um, a lot of the things that take place in the book are just that. They're just set yeah, dressing. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. So other, you know, for an Elseworlds title, I think this was uh, really good from an Elseworlds t- title. Zach, what didn't you like? I, I think if any superheroes included, I felt like Green Lantern was not necessary. I felt like they could have tossed him a bone like they did Oliver and Barry and just been like name checked him in the middle of Daily Planet. Mm-hmm. But like he didn't even, they didn't even do any, they stopped Superman for approximately two panels mm-hmm. and then he busted out of a million Green Lantern boxes mm-hmm. and just killed them. Mm-hmm. So out of anyone that was included, I felt like cut his and give someone or something, give Lois a couple more panels or give someone. I, I, a I don't more know more if panels. that's more of just a red herring to bring the intensity of the story up. Yeah. Because oh, sure, here you end issue two with them showing off with JFK showing Lex Luthor, the Green Lantern ship that's brought down and figuring out this power ring thing. Mm-hmm. And then we flash forward to 2001, 2004, whenever this uh, big battle is about to take place. And uh, Vice President uh, Olsen is like, hey, um, I'm, you know, how are we going to use this this ring? And Lex is like, well, I had to find someone with this willpower. And he gives you the recount of uh, Green Lantern and builds everything up to be this. This is how we're going to stop him. Right. Mm-hmm. So that you as a reader are like, oh, yeah, look at all these. Uh, what are the Green Lantern Marines Corps or whatever yeah. they're yeah, called? Yeah. They are going to go in and kick some serious Superman butt while Lex pulls his big whatever out of his hat. And then he defeats him in a panel. And so as a reader, you're sitting there going, oh, wait a minute. Here's that, that red herring that's been tossed to me. And it's like, now what are they going to do? Right. Oh, here comes Wonder oh, Woman. Yeah, she's yeah. going to she's going to get back at him for all these years. Pow. Oh, my God. He just killed Wonder Woman. What's left? And so it kind of, in a way, from the the way that this story is set up, it's building up your anticipation only to yank the rug out from under you and say, yeah. oh, nope, sorry, that's not going to work either. And in the end, it's something that Brainiac had said way back at the beginning of that issue. Don't talk to Lex Luthor. Mm-hmm. Superman, you're a dummy. 
and words are going to have more power, have a more powerful effect on you than <laughs> than, than punching and fighting. Yeah, yeah, and, and they Superman, do. Superman notably destroys himself for all intents and purposes, mm-hmm. undermining he, he the central tenet of this book that superheroes are bad. He destroy. He is destroyed by the whim of the writer. In this case, Lex Luthor or Mark Miller. Hmm, that's a good. That's a good read. What about the art? We haven't even talked about the art. We're talking about story and all that stuff. First two issues are good. It's the same artist all the way through, isn't it? Nope. Oh, it's not. Third issue switch. Uh, Dave Johnson does issue one and two, and I really like what Johnson does. And then in issue three, we get, um, I I thought for a while it was actually Tony Harris who did Starman because we get a similar but slightly more, I want to say, what's the word that I'm looking for? Exaggerated take on a similar style. Plunkett Mm -hmm. is the artist on the third issue. Sandy Plunkett? Yeah. Yeah. And issue three is less engaging on that level. And I think that's kind of a shame because issue three is also yeah, your most you know, the big, issue. Mm-hmm. The big uh, climactic reveal that Superman is bad and stupid. But, <laughs> but most importantly, I think that when you get into issue one, especially those first, you know, five, ten pages, artistically, that is spot on. Oh, Amazing yeah, yeah. work loving the art especially that you know it's 1956 or whatever and eisenhower is in the white house it looks i wasn't around in the 50s but it looks like the 50s oh yeah golden age stuff i mean all the stuff with lex luthor like when he's there in his lab coat with his with his hair yeah and then later when you see him with the cool goggles and everything Mm -hmm. it's like oh that's like a very cool lex luthor oh yeah yeah. Yeah. and i i really dug the art i see where you're saying i'm looking on this uh uh, issue three with the uh, panel of Lex realizing that uh, Brainiac has put a, a bomb inside the ship. I can see where you say that looks like Tony Harris art. Did you guys yeah. see a purposeful um, Sean Connery-ness to Lex Luthor? Go back and look at the first couple issues. In the early one? Yeah. I I don't know that I... Yeah, I, I won't say that I didn't, I didn't see it, but I can definitely see it now that you mention it. He really, he really looks like early, like James Bond. Mm, I can Sean see that, Connery. like an early Sean Connery. Yeah. You know, Matthew, well, I just want actually the, the hero of the book. You say that um, Miller is presenting Superman as someone who's evil and dumb. Not evil, not evil, wrong. Well, and I think that's that's the important point here is that the concept of the superhero is being presented to us as one that is flawed. And wrong and antiquated. And the use of superhero equaling communism is, I mean, pretty much a clear expectation to me that we're supposed to go, okay, we can look at this. And then we look at Superman and we think Superman is as archaic and misguided as, you know, whatever you look at in terms of of communism. Mm -hmm. I thought you said Mm -hmm. he was he was bad. Um, Well, he didn't mean like he didn't mean evil bad. Right. right. He meant like. the yeah, idea I would argue, is a bad idea. Right. I would argue mm-hmm. that Superman is just dumb. He's not as smart as I mean, he's very well, smart. He can't be. Sure, but um, just because when, he's able to be tricked by Metalla or I'm sorry, Brainiac right. for all these years. But when he, when he shows yeah. his powers, all of the power displays that we see in this book are ridiculous, even by Silver Age standards. There's a point where Lex Luthor says. 58 seconds, you're slowing down. That's only 450,000 miles. 
the superheroic displays, the displays of quote unquote superpowers, in the case of the Green Lanterns, in the case of Wonder Woman, in the case of Superman himself, are all portrayed as incredibly exaggerated, over the top, and in a lot of ways kind of laughable. Well, but I think and, that also harkens back to the time period, right? First issue is Golden Age. So it's like every couple of minutes they're like, he's got oh, super breath now? How does that work? You know, it's like, oh, we keep adding these powers until you get into the Silver Age, which is the second age. And yeah, everyone has ridiculous powers until Superman and Batman fight, which happens in like 1984, right around the same time that oh, The Dark Knight Returns is supposed to take place. And now you get into the third issue and everything is dark and gritty and... I didn't, I didn't necessarily make that connection because I don't feel like while I feel like it feels like a comic book set in the 50s, mm -hmm. it doesn't feel like a 50s comic book. Mm -hmm. right. And I, you know, I don't necessarily think that definitely it's an interesting read, but I don't necessarily think that I walked away from, say, issue two, thinking this is meant to be the Silver Age. Of comics. Oh, okay. I would say yeah. I would say Red Sun is very much a 2000s comic mm -hmm. because yeah. it is, in fact, trying to get very far away from that street levelness mm -hmm. of the 80s and 90s it is in fact just like being like oh no this all of this like depowered superheroes and right. stuff like that let's tell a story with a superman who can do all these crazy things mm -hmm. and let's let's look at that let's look at something that is cosmic in scope and you start seeing a lot more comics like that start to roll out in the 2000s mm -hmm. into the 2010s mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. so it is very much a comic that is for a 2003, right? 2003 audience. Um, and I think that's why, as I, as I understand, was fairly successful as far as an Elseworlds goes. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah I mean, it's, as to be honest, oh, oh, sorry, go ahead. Probably, I would say this is the last big hurrah of the Elseworlds. Mm -hmm. I think it was. I think it was too. And quite honestly, by the time this one came out, I was kind of done with Elseworlds. By the time they oh. did that one, I forget which Elseworlds it was, but it was like um, the one where they were just dressing up in the costume and like riding on the subway. That was Real Worlds. Oh, okay. Yeah, Elseworlds, Real was, Worlds. Uh, and to me, it was yeah. just like, yeah, I'm kind of played out if with you, the Elseworlds at that point. If you read, if you ever read What If from Marvel or read mm -hmm. any of the Elseworlds, I think the reason why people get tired of it is because there's only there's only two answers. One, Things would be better if it was this way, or things would be worse. And overwhelmingly, the authors choose it would be worse. Right. The um, answer to any question Marvel ever asked in What If is, everyone dies screaming. Right, right. <laughs> and except, except once where the juggernaut gets to live, but that's only, that's only so he can be sad that everybody else died. <laughs> Zach, we never asked you what your thoughts were on the art in, the, in this uh, book. Oh, I thought it was fine. My, I think my favorite panel... <clears throat> at all, out of the entire thing is that full page spread in the first issue oh, when yeah, he's yeah. holding up the globe. Mm -hmm. that, 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 that is just pretty beautiful. Spiffy. Yeah, that that actually is the the cover of Superman number one, if I'm not mistaken. That pose. And yeah. Like, oh. Yeah, there are some there are some great there are some great moments in this. Like, regardless of whether you think the story is right or not mm -hmm. or what it's saying, there's some really cool moments. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, people might disagree on what the really cool moments are, but this is so jam packed that you are bound so to find, much, right, right. there's so That's, much stuff yeah. in here that there's something that you're bound to find cool. 
this is like a 12 issue mini series worth of events yeah it really packed is. into mm-hmm. three issues and and really elseworlds though were really set up to be one issue one shots uh, the only exception to that that I remember previously may have been uh, Golden Age, which is a four-issue mini. Mm. Some of them may Golden have been Age one or two. Written as an true, true. Um, in hindsight, though, most people will say that's the start. Well, I, oh, yeah. I, well, I think it, it I think it is. got I think yeah. it got backstamped as an Elseworlds. Right. It was an else. It, it was a story that was released as an Elseworlds. It was not written as an Elseworlds. Right, true. So by the time it came out, they're like, okay, it's an Elseworlds. So what's uh, what's the bottom line for you, Matthew, on this book? Bottom line for me is uh, check your tolerance for Mark Millerisms. If you are like me and your tolerance for Mark Millerisms depends on whether he's working in his own world or not, I would say it's definitely going to be a problematic book. For you, had this been a story that wasn't about Superman and Batman, but sold, told the exact same story, I probably would have had a different approach or a, a different response, rather, to what happens in the book. But honestly, I think a lot of people are going to like this. I think they're going to like it for the, precisely the reasons that I don't. And part of that is because the underlying message here is that you know, Superman-like communism is just a, a bad idea that is destined to fail and would never work in, you know, reality. So I don't like it, never have liked it. And You don't like I'm communism or you say you like the ideals of communism? Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like Red Sun. And, you know, Mark Miller books post-2005 are kind of a crapshoot for me too. So yeah. I think all told, I would check it out for sure, but – be aware that there's going to be stuff in here that made me really, really irritated, especially in, you know, the way it was presented, not just the structure, but the amount of material stuffed into these three issues. Zach, what about you? I really enjoyed this. And I think over the last couple of months, we've, we've read uh, Death of Superman, John Burns' run, and this. And I think this really slow. I got halfway through this. I was like, wow. I like Superman way more than I thought I did eight months ago. Mm. And I just liked, I really enjoyed this. Um, if you've never read Superman, but you obviously know about Superman. If you've, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably know the idea of Superman that you could still get into this and enjoy it. Um, certainly I think, I think it's definitely worth checking out, picking up from the library. And for me, I, I really enjoyed it too. I think it's, it's worth checking out. Um, it's you can check it out from your library, but if you are an Elseworlds fan and you were like me and you drifted away, not thinking that they could come up with anything interesting, pick this up. I mean, I think there's a lot of references to some classic Superman and DC uh, universe stuff that's dropped in there. That's kind of sometimes buried, sometimes in your face. Uh, but I think there's some really interesting sometimes things in there. Buried in your face. But I think overall, this is a this is a good book, and I think it's worth uh, checking out. Rodrigo, close us out here. Uh, Superman. Red Sun is, I think, alternately an indictment and a celebration of superhero comics. I think this is one of those books where you can read it as, well, he is basically saying Superman doesn't work in the real world. Mm -hmm. But you can also read it as, after all these years of trying to fit Superman into the real world, the reason why Superman is so good is because he doesn't fit into the real world. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And 
seeing uh, Superman brought up to this power level, I think, is is really the biggest celebration of Superman that I've actually seen in a long time. Um, I think that if you kind of like Mark Miller, you will probably like this because this is Mark Miller largely under control. Mm-hmm. So um, I think... Um, Again, this is the second or third time I've read this, and although every time I see Batman, I groan. I think it's a worthwhile (laughs) book to at least pick up and read, if you're not, even if you don't want to buy it. And I love that gray, black, and red suit. Oh yeah, yeah. I think Mm -hmm. it's really. I think it's one of Superman's best costumes. Uh, All three of these issues. Suit is also yeah, also like the black and red. All three of these issues are available digitally through Comixology, Mm -hmm. so you can buy them or you can buy the trade or do whatever. You buy the trade, uh, head over to Majorspoilers.com. Use the Amazon.com link. And if you're looking for a great deal on headphones, we want to thank our good friends over at TweakedAudio.com for helping to uh, support the show and being a sponsor. When you check out at TweakedAudio.com, use the checkout code MAJOR and save 30% off your price. Thank you, Matthew. Thank you, Rodrigo. Thank you, Zach, for being on the show. And thank you, listeners, for downloading and listening and, and being a part of the Major Spoilers experience. And thank you for passing this episode on to a friend. And I think that's going to wrap up this week. Next week, we're looking at Mobius. The Airtight Garage. Why? Because we know that you love comics, and we do too, and we will talk with you soon. If you have any questions, comments, topic ideas for future shows, or would like to sponsor a show, send an email to podcast at Majorspoilers.com. Visit Majorspoilers at Majorspoilers.com, and be sure to check out the Major Spoilers forum. You can also follow Major Spoilers on Twitter at twitter.com slash Majorspoilers. Find the X-ray vision of a Superman. I could save some bucks and stand around and read through the covers of the comics on the rack. And although every other page would be backwards, I suppose, I could still read the evens and the odds. Well, I don't know. Guess I haven't thought this all the way through. Plus, as soon as the comic book store guy knew, he'd make me wait out on the corner. What a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. Away. If I was hulking green or gray, I could bust through that brick wall, take their comic books away. But then the little me would deal with all the tanks and bombs and guns. Have you tried to read a series with all that going on? Guess I need to rethink this plan. How would you bag and board your comics with such huge hands? Guess I already told ya. What a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. Major spoiler, yeah, 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 yeah. What a major spoiler. Major spoilers is copyright 2013.